Go Wild is a free social community created for and by hunters. This means that unlike mainstream social media, your trophy pictures won't be censored. They're encouraged. As you spend time on Go Wild, you will earn awesome rewards such as gift cards, free swag, and big discounts on brands like Garmin and Vortex. You will even earn $10 just for signing up. Visit DownloadGoWild.com and sign up today. Welcome to the How to Hunt Deer podcast brought to you by Tacticam. This podcast aims to educate those who are interested in becoming deer hunters, brushing up on essential skills, or maybe just adding a few new tactics to the toolkit. We cover a variety of topics that will help you be more confident and successful in the field while hunting deer. We're now in the third week of July, and bow hunters across the country have dusted off the bows to get dialed in for the upcoming archery season. Summer archery practice is a vital part of fall hunting success, and if you're like many bow hunters, there are parts of your gear that you're considering swapping out for one reason or another. One piece of gear I recently swapped out is my bow sight. The old peep and pin setup, uh, I've just never really been happy with it. The peep seems to always twist at the wrong moments. Uh, it provides kind of a cluttered sight picture, doesn't perform well for me in low light. And, uh, you know, it requires a bit of an unnatural feel when I'm aiming. And uh, I've been looking over the last couple of seasons to replace my peep and pin sight but I haven't been real confident in some of the other options out there. Well, a couple of weeks ago, a friend of mine introduced me to the adjustable red dot site. I got in touch with Tim, the owner of adjustable red dot, and he was kind enough to set me up with one and uh, also to come on this episode of the podcast. Now this site is unlike anything else out there on the market. It is a red dot site for your bow, just like you might have on your turkey gun uh, or your pistol or something like that, except it's for your bow. And other companies have tried this in the past with mixed results. But adjustable red dot has gotten it just right. And uh, man, I have loved shooting this thing over the last couple of weeks. It provides really fast target acquisition. Uh, it easily adjusts for yardage. It eliminates the need for a peep altogether and uh, just provides a much more comfortable and natural feeling shooting experience. You know, with this, you really have to see the difference to fully understand it. But I think once you shoot one of these or once you try one of these out, You'll never want to go back. After you listen to this episode, you can check out the adjustable red dot at adjustablereddot.com. And here in this episode, Tim and I get into a lot of specifics about how the site was made, how they compensated for uh, some of the issues that other red dot sites made for bows had in the past, and just how user-friendly this site really is. Before we jump into the episode, though, I do want to take a moment and thank our partners. First of all, Tacticam, the title sponsor of this show. I've recently gotten my hands on some Reveal X Gen 2 cameras, and I, man, these things are amazing. They're extremely user-friendly. The app makes them a breeze to set up. The infrared LED means that there's no flash, and they also allow you to request videos from the camera to your app. I absolutely love that feature. It's awesome to get photos directly to your phone. It's even better to get those videos directly to your phone. I have absolutely loved these cameras. Looking forward to using them throughout the rest of the summer as I try to put a pattern together on some of these deer that I'm chasing around on public land. If you have not checked them out already, head over to their website, www.tacticam.com, or you can head over to revealcellcam.com to check out the Reveal X Gen 2 and the Reveal XB cameras. Next, I want to thank our partners over at Huntworth. These guys are making fantastic camouflage at an unbeatable price point. Uh, here lately, I have been getting ready with my saddle setup for this year, 
and uh, figuring out how I'm going to pack things into the woods with uh, my sticks and my platform that I'm going to be using and all of my other gear. And one of the things that I really love from Huntworth is their backpacks. They make two different packs. They've got the Hickory Lightweight Suspension System Backpack and the Lodi Lightweight Day Pack. Uh, Both of them are fantastic. The Hickory provides a little bit more room, uh, gives you a few more straps on the outside if you're you know, carrying a bunch of camera gear and that kind of thing. Super easy to just cinch everything down on the outside. The Lodi, though, is also great, especially if you're not carrying in a camera. You're just carrying in, you know, your your stand on your back or your your climbing sticks or your saddle platform or whatever it is. These backpacks are fantastic. They're both like three pounds and under. I've tried a lot of different packs, and I haven't been happy with any of them until getting my hands on these two packs. You can go check them out at huntworthgear.com. And finally, Deer Lab. Deer Lab is the number one trail camera management software for hunters and land managers. Deer Lab allows you to keep all of your trail cam photos in one place. They're not cluttering up your computer because you can just upload them right there to the website. It syncs your photos with local weather. You can create profiles for individual bucks that you're trying to follow around your property. If you want to learn more, head over to their website, DeerLab.com. You can give it a try for free. And when you're ready to purchase, you can use the code HUNTDEER for 20% off of any plan. Now let's jump into the show with Tim Zelenka of Adjustable Red Dot. Joining me for this week's episode is Tim Zelenka from Adjustable Red Dot, AdjustableRedDot.com. Tim, how's it going? Great. How you doing? Doing really well, man. Doing really well. I, uh, I wanted to have you on and talk a bit. You've got a really interesting product. And, uh, but before we jump into that specifically, tell me a bit about you and, uh, where you're based, where you hunt, all that good stuff. Well, we're based in, uh, kind of near Grand Haven, Michigan, West side of the state, right on Lake Michigan. So lived here my whole life. We hunt West Michigan, um, did some stuff within the UP for many years, but we hunt Kansas a lot right now. And, uh, you know, mainly big whitetail. Yeah. Are you, um, are you heading to Kansas, uh, this year, yeah, we'll be uh, we'll be going out again. We've got a house out there. I think everybody but uh, one person drew a tag. So nice. What kind It'll of draw? What kind of draw results have you seen out of Kansas? I've talked to a lot of guys who uh, they say, yeah, you can pretty much bank on Kansas every other year. Uh, there, you can string together a bunch of years in a row. But a lot of guys did not get Kansas this year. Yeah, I. I've been fairly fortunate that, you know, it's better than every other year, maybe one out of five that you don't get drawn. But as soon as you don't get drawn, you're going to have a preference point. So you're for sure going to get drawn uh, the following year. Okay. Yeah. Have you noticed any, any creeping as far as like points go or anything like that with the group that you go with? Any like point creep or guys having a harder time? Uh not really. I don't know why my brother-in-law, you know, he didn't get drawn again this year, but I think, and so he went two years where he got drawn and then he didn't, but um, no, it's fairly consistent. It probably depends a little bit what, you know, what area you're in, you know, what, uh, what zone or, um, so that, and gun or bow probably has a little bit to do with it, but I think you're right. Most guys are going to probably get drawn. Uh, we definitely see that you know, there's a fair amount of pressure out in Kansas. Yeah. Have y'all, are you hunting public, private, mix of both when you head out there? It's almost all private. Um, I mean, we do mess around with some walk in here or there, but you know, pretty much just farmers. Yeah. I, I haven't, I haven't made the, the 
trek to Kansas just yet. It's on my list. I've got a pretty stacked up fall, so it won't be this year, obviously. But um, I've heard those walk-ins can get hammered pretty good. Is that is that what you've seen? Yeah. And, you know, I'm only have experience with the ones kind of around us. And, you know, some of those things are geared more towards pheasants. And maybe it depends, you know, what properties they sit right next to. Um, are they kind of out of the way a little bit? Are there, is there a little sleeper spot? Sometimes it only takes a, you know, it could be a big walk-in, but maybe it's got 10 acres uh, of junk on it that are, you know, you know, close to a bottom or they're connected with a, a, a creek somewhere else where they can, uh, you know, pull in other deer, especially in the rut, because they're using just that little corridor to get from one spot to the other. Yeah, yeah. Well, Tim, I, I wanted to have you on. I'd, I'd love to talk more about Kansas whitetails and pick your brain on that and learn a little bit. But I wanted to have you on initially to talk about uh, your bow site. Now, archery season is right around the corner. Um, some of the earliest seasons are going to be kicking in, gosh, a month and a half from now, some as little as a month. I think South Carolina comes in August 15th or something like that. And uh, lots of guys are breaking out the bows. They're getting dialed in for the year. And I, I think a lot of folks are probably finding themselves um, in a situation kind of like where I was before I met you and, and found your site that you're producing um, and, and are getting pretty frustrated with their peep site. Um, I know for a long time, I was really, really aggravated. I hated using the peep, uh, kept having problems with it twisting, uh, kept having, you know, feeling like my, my sight picture was really clouded up and, and I just couldn't see with all the pins out there. Tried a couple of different pins, tried a couple of different peeps, and I just, I, I wasn't ever really happy with it. So I was really excited to find um, your product. So you've got the adjustable red dot. It's a red dot site made for bows. Where did this idea come from? Well, we, we didn't uh, come up with it at all, but we've been shooting a red dot on our bow for, you know, all of our bows, my whole family for 30 years. Um, but prior to, you know, me developing the adjustable mount for it, it, it was fixed. So we'd put it on and it, we'd sight in at 20 yards and that's kind of what we were stuck with. We want to shoot 25. We held a little high and if we shoot 30. We just, we aimed a little bit higher but making the mount adjustable, that's really something someone has struggled with forever because it's not a peep and pin. And so you can't think of it like a, like that. It, it's a red dot. And so we have to do things that kind of are geared towards the red dot. If, if that makes sense. Yeah. Wh why did you personally and your family make the switch over to a red dot from a traditional side? I mean, you guys have been doing that for a long time. So, so what, what made you make the switch? Well, it was probably a lot different then because that was, you know, 1990-ish. And we were probably using a, like a little singleton cobra thing or a, a pendulum goofy site. Um, so anything was probably, you know, a little bit more user-friendly than that. But once, once you shoot it and you get that, you know, how intuitive it is, we just draw back and the dot is there you know, we didn't know anything about it. And I, and I'm sure a lot of people didn't, you know, in 1990, what, what was torque? We just, we just shot the bow and like, oh, I don't know what happened. I, I got shot it. You know, we didn't understand mm. that probably our, you know, we probably weren't using a peep site even back then, but, uh, but the red dot definitely made it a lot easier. We'd put it on our bow and we like, I don't, I haven't touched this thing in five years. Wow. It, it's dead on every single time. And, 
And then we started teaching all the kids as they were getting old enough to shoot and they grew up on it and, and we could a few shots and the kids were dialed in. So wow, it's just much easier. Yeah. What you mentioned that you weren't necessarily the first one with this, but, but others have struggled to make anything adjustable. So can you go into a little bit of what makes that so difficult to create a red dot that's adjustable? Like why have other manufacturers failed with similar products? I think there's, there's a couple things. Um, so I have, I have a mount here. I'll just kind of show you and you know, because you have it on your bow, but so this is a base plate that we mount on our, on the bow. And it's, so our sight slides up and down on a dovetail. Well, if that mount is like a single pin slider, but if it just slid straight up and down, we'd always have to turn our head or our anchor point would always change. And so that dovetail is on an arc. And if you can imagine holding your hand out in front of your body and then raising your arm up by your shoulder and then up to your above your head, down to your knee, and just had that circle go around your body, that's the arc that this goes on. So, and that keeps the dot aligned with your eye is your body is the center of the circle. And th that's the key in making it adjustable and making it work. And the tolerances on this dovetail are a half thousand. So, you know, we can't have a lot of movement and a lot of play in it. And with the fixed sight, you know, we, we always had to make our rings you know, a certain size, we want the dot set up in a, you know, a certain distance from the string, you know, so it's comfortable. So we started making different length rings. So it could accommodate, you know, what everyone liked, what, you know, depending what bow they shot. Um, but through all that stuff, it, we knew it, it couldn't be complicated, but it had to be tough. So we can still, we can carry our, our bow by the sight. And just like you were carrying your rifle by a, by the scope, and it's not going to throw it off. Yeah, slide that over just a little bit more. So for those who are just listening to this podcast, I'm also recording it so that we can get a picture for this because as Tim shared with me and then as I found out whenever Tim came over and set my bow up for me or set me up with one of these, um, you really can't get an idea or a grasp on this thing without seeing it. So show me the rings and kind of the, the distance that you're talking about there. So I'll pull some out of the package, but so, so this is our ring and we, we measure the distance, you know, from the back of our riser and, you know, to the edge of the site. And we, we usually want the, our string, you know, sitting right here on the edge of the glass. Some guys like it in the glass a little bit, you know, they want to mimic a peep sight a little bit more, but we definitely don't want that dot in line with our string because we want that authority in front of our eye. We don't want to think about looking through the string. So we make different size length rings, you know, depending if you've had a Matthews V3 or like your bow, we're going to use uh, essentially the similar riser. We use a little longer ring than this, or um, this is a real narrow riser on this particular one. So we use a little bit shorter ring, but that's able, we're able to customize that for everybody and, and get it to fit. Um, we would come up with a lot of guys that, and they would say, can't we just make this ring adjustable, you know, so I can tweak it. And that would just be, we're like, just be nothing but problems because this has to be very robust. Um, you can kind of think about it. If you put a, a scope on a rifle, you can buy 
low, medium, or high mount, depending on how high you want that off of your off the um, you know the receiver. But you never see one that's an adjustable one because it's just not tough. Yeah, it's not you know it's not robust at all. So we need to put this in one place, and we can't we can't have this site. You know, if these start to twist left or right like this, then you'd never see the dot. Yeah. I think with some sites, they tried to actually make it so you, when you were sighting it in, you actually started to turn the site, you know, left and right, and it just wouldn't work. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. and when you say it's just not tough, it's not robust enough, if, if you were to have something adjustable, you're serious when you say you can grab that site and hold your bow by the site. So we had, uh, you did a, ra- a radio show recently with Dan Small, and Dan came over to my house and, and was taking a look at my bow, and that was the thing that that I wanted, I was most excited about because I've always felt like I have to baby my bow when I'm going into the woods, especially if I'm doing something crazy, if I'm trying to make a stalk or if I'm really trying to sneak in or get through some really thick cover, I always felt like I needed to really take care of those pins because I've had stuff break before trying to get into my stand. But being able to grab that thing by the side, I mean, you can literally shake your bow around if you want to. I mean, I wouldn't recommend just going around being goofy with it. But man, this thing is really, really tough. It's it's not gonna move. I mean, I I've taken it, shaken my bow just to kind of test it and really give it some wiggles, and then go shoot, and I'm I'm still dead on. Yeah, when so for years we used like a Citron that was another tube style sight like this, um, a Pollington which was made by Citron was like that. We recommend the Alternat um, just because it's a competition pistol sight. And they're made to be mounted on the slide of a 45. So they, they just take a ton of abuse. And when we, when we started using them, I would take the site off the mount, we'd strap it to a dummy launcher and shoot it and have a dog retrieve it. It couldn't shoot very far. So then we just started taking the sights off and throwing them and then bolting them back on and see if they're (laughs) going to hold through. And they're, and they're tough. And so you know, we, we don't make the site, but we definitely, definitely wanted something that we knew that we could stand behind and go, yeah, you're not going to have a problem with it. Yeah. So w- walk me through a, a few more of the features and, and we'll, we'll do our best. I mean, I'm, I'm, we're doing this on video and I'm watching you do it. So we'll do our best to kind of try to communicate yeah. to those who are just listening as well. But walk me through some of the features on this specific model. And what, first of all, what is this model that you've got mounted there on that riser? It's like the one we had on yours. It's our elite package with a match dot two, um, ultra dot. So the big, we're going to go through the, the, this particular red dot. So the match dot two has different reticle sizes. So you can choose between a two, four, six, or an eight MOA dot. And for those of you that don't know, a two MOA dot at a hundred yards is going to cover two inches of your target. So at 50 yards, it's going to cover an inch. At 20 yards, it's covering a half inch. So if you kind of equate that, if you were a pin shooter, how big your pin looks at 20 yards or 50 yards. And so you can select the size of that dot. And they also have a dot with a crosshair or a dot with a circle. And then in addition to that, there's 11 brightness settings. So whether it's crazy bright or, you know, last light shooting, you can make this thing really dim. The dot, the dot is because it's made for competition stuff. It's super crisp. Um, it's not like looking at a, a pumpkin in there, but that's a mash dot too. And mash dots very similar as far as, um, the dot sizes. And then an ultra dot 
just has one four MOA dot and you can't select any sizes, but it still has the, um, the 11 brightness settings. Ultra dots coming out in August sometime with their ultra dot and we're going to change it from, or they, not us, but, uh, from a four MOA to an two MOA. So that's going to be great. You don't pay the extra 40 or $50 for an ultra dot, but you can still get a small two MOA dot. Yeah. And then, then our mount, it just, if you go to the website and you know, the guys who are listening and we don't like a single pin slider, you would use maybe like some type of a cam detent or a lock. So you'd loosen the lock or the cam and then you would slide, you know, turn your dial and it would slide up and down. But because we have to hold up a potentially a five ounce red dot, if we loosen that cam lock or that, that, um, you know, a screw that puts a little pressure on it so it doesn't slide. It takes two hands. And, and I was like, I don't want to take two hands in a hunting situation. If I need to adjust from 25 to 30, I just want to give it one click. You know, so we have little detents that are built in the, in our dovetail that going out of a machine groove. And that's what gives us little clicks. And so we can, as we adjust this down the, um, it, uh, we can go down 18 clicks. So for the average guy, if we sighted in at the top at 20, you know, you're shooting with, you know, a hunting setup, which, you know, maybe a 500 grain arrow or something, 70 pounds, you're probably going to get out to 60 to 65 yards, maybe 70. It's just kind of everybody's stuff is a little bit different. Yeah. So, and each, each of those clicks, so let's say I'm at the top, man, and I want to highlight this because this is one of my favorite parts about it. I never liked the idea of a single pin slider because of having to look down as I slide the, as I, as I change it, right? Like I I don't want to be looking down as a deer is coming in to try to adjust it. But this thing, there are, there are clicks that you feel when you're going down and each click's going to get you about how many yards? I would say two and a half, three yards, roughly. You know, I think a lot of, if we sighted in at 20, you're probably not even going to touch it at 25. Yeah. Like for my hunting setup, which is a little heavier, you know, if I sign at 20, I need one foot for 25, two for 30. Um, but it doesn't change it. You know, it's not like a, a ton. So you may not even touch it in those real close ranges, but it's definitely simple enough. Like you say, you're not, you don't have to look and, and say, am I at, am I at 27? Am I at 22? You just, I'm down a click and, you know, we have little machine lines in there. So you just know how far you're, you know, which line you're at. Yeah. I, I have really liked playing around with that in the yard and just being able to, you know, click, click. And I know where I'm at already without having to look down, without having to mess with stuff. Because, you know, as I'm practicing, I've, I've learned in years past, one of the mistakes that I made was not practicing with my hunting gear on, maybe not having my gloves on or not having sleeves on or that kind of thing. It's very different to practice out in the backyard than it is to take a shot on a deer in November. Um, just because the, the clothing that you're wearing and everything like that. And so I try to put myself in as real a situation as possible. And so, you know, stand somewhere in the yard, just range it real quick, just to get an idea and make the adjustments from there kind of on the fly. And so just being able to, you know, two clicks and I'm at 30 and I'm good to go uh, has just been, it, it's been great. You mentioned the uh, machined lines on one side of it. I want to go back and ask you, what is this thing made of that makes it so durable? So the mount and the sight is it's um, 
6061 aluminum. But what we do, this thing isn't just painted black. We hard coat anodize it. And that makes the surface of this as hard as steel. And, and we need that because we have these machine grooves inside the mount that where these stainless detents ride. And if it was just anodized, it'd eat through that in a, you know, it wouldn't take just up and down a few times. And now they're chewing into the metal and our tolerances aren't what they are, but are what they should be. But in, in that is key is keeping our tolerances crazy, crazy tight. It's amazing if we are off a thousand for like, wow, this thing's got movement in it. And, and the detents kind of take it up, but from guys that are used to making gun quality parts, you know, the guys that help us make it, it it's a lot and it just, it just wasn't acceptable. But it took us a while to get there to figure out this is how we make it and this is how we make it you know, tight like that. Yeah, how, how long uh, w- was this in development? I mean, to get to tolerances like that and to get this thing dialed in like you guys have it, seems like it would have taken a really long time. It probably took us a year and a half or so to just keep playing with it and shooting. We had the concept down right away and it worked. But then after making making a few and, and just keep tweaking it, that um, that we would shoot it for a while and then it would start to move a little bit. The the detents, they didn't stay or we're, you know. So just as much as uh, how deep we press those detents in and just um, – the, the littlest things that you would think, oh, that really can't make a difference. And those were the things that I think in the long run made the difference between I mean, this thing working and people throwing it away, you know, after trying to put it on. The How to Hunt Deer podcast is brought to you by Tacticam, makers of the best action cameras on the market for the hunter and angler. They're on the cutting edge, making user-friendly cameras to help the everyday outdoorsman share your hunt with friends and loved ones. They also just launched the Reveal X Gen 2 cell camera that provides top-notch photo and video quality at a price point that's in reach for the everyday outdoorsman. One area Tacticam really shines is with their mounts and adapters that are made with the sportsman in mind. If you've tried filming your hunting and fishing excursions, you know how frustrating it can be to get an action camera aimed just right or get it attached to your weapon or in a good spot for a second angle. Tacticam makes all of that a breeze with their line of accessories. This fall, I'll be using their stabilizer mount on my bow with the 5.0 camera, and their bendy clamp paired with the 5.0 wide camera for a second angle and to make sure I don't miss any of the action. To learn more and to check out their full line of products, head over to their website, www.tacticam.com, and share your hunt with Tacticam. This episode is also brought to you by Deer Lab, the number one trail camera management app for hunters and land managers. Deer Lab gives you a simple way to store, organize, and analyze all of your trail camera data. Deer Lab has tons of great features like the ability to filter photos based on what's in them, like deer or turkeys or people. It syncs your photos with local weather to help you pattern your target. And you can even mass edit your timestamps, which is a great feature if you're like me, and occasionally you forget to set the right time and date on the camera before you set it out. Head over to www.deerlab.com to check them out. Use the code HUNTDEER, all caps, at checkout for 20% off of any plan. Now let's get back to the show. Tell me what has the, what has the feedback been like, because this is very, very unlike any other site on the market right now? I mean, this is really unique. I mean, the feedback we get depends where you, where you go. When we go to a show and guys actually are be able to come, come and, and actually shoot it, you know, they're like, wow, I've never seen a red dead on her bow. What will they think of next? 
And why isn't anyone else? Why has no one else done it? And, you know, we've been doing it for 30 years. So it, it didn't seem so foreign to us. And then we have another part of it where it's not a peep in a pin. So we get a little bit of resistance. Yeah. Yeah. What about those guys? Like uh, not every site is for every person. I mean, people have personal preferences, right? For those guys that try it out, that put their hands on it and decide it's not for them. What has that, what has their feedback been? Well, I think it's part of it is not, not everybody is willing to just jump off and they're going to go spend $500 on another bow site. So that's probably part of that. If, if everyone could put it on and it was no cost, then they'd probably they'd shoot it in a, in a second, I think. Um, but it, it's just different than what if a guy has been shooting a peep and a pin for 25 years, and now we tell him, you don't need to look through the string. You don't have to have the string touching your nose and um, do all these repeatable things. All you need to do is center the dot. And they're like, oof, that works. That's a, that's a tough one. I have to break a lot of old habits. Yeah, it's it's like it's too simple. It's like I, I need it to be more difficult for for me. I need it to be harder on me. So. You give it you give it to a a kid that's just getting into archery and who's never done it before. And you just go center the dot. He's like, oh, that's easy because that same kid when you give him a peep and a pin and he and you're then you're trying to explain to that kid what torque is torquing the bow is and he's just trying to wrap his head around it with this. He torques the bow and I can't see the dot. I'm like, straighten your wrist out. You're twisting the bow. And he's like, ah, I get it. And within a few shots, he does the same thing every time. Yeah. 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 So, and for those who are maybe thinking about this and they're like, oh, okay. So what all does it take to get this thing set up? So just speaking from experience, you came over, you set my bow up from the moment you started setting the bow up until we were shooting in the backyard and I was dialed in feeling comfortable how long do you think that took? It's like 30 minutes or so. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. You know? and, and that's with me. That's with me making adjustments mentally to shooting something very different. Yeah. It was for me rolling in the driveway, setting it up and you're, you know, it was, yeah, it wasn't. Yeah. No, it, it was, it, it was great. That, it wasn't that long, no. but I kind of to back up and, and just talking about the red dot, when we talk about the differences between the, a pin site that I, I noted the, the reason you can't think about the red dot as a pin, because the only way we can see that dot in the center is to look straight through that housing. And that's why if we twist the bow now the dots either either I can't see it or it's off to one side or the other. And think about it. When we put that on a Turkey gun or a pistol, it forces us to look straight through it every time. That's why a red dot on a Turkey gun is great because we get our head down. We can see the dot. Well, that just means we've got our head down. We're not, we're not too high or, or too low. And, and it works exactly the same on a boat. Yeah. A couple of the things that I have really liked about this site so far um, one, I've never been one that's able to, to keep both eyes open while shooting. And I know that the best, you know, you're, you're going to get the best accuracy when you can have both eyes open. I've always struggled with that with a peep sight and, and being able to see through the peep while I'm, while I'm keeping both eyes open with the red dot. There's no problem with that. I can do that really easily. Uh, there's a really clear sight picture. So if we, when you look at it, like the profile, you've got it set right now on the video, 
it looks like a lot of stuff on your bow. But when you are in line with it and you draw back and you're just looking downrange, it's like all of that just kind of disappears. You know, it doesn't feel yep. like trying to look through a sight housing, you know, through through yep. a through a peep and then through your sight housing with your pins. It just it's just there. The red the dot is just there. And then the, that piece of literally not being able to torque it. I mean, if you if you torque it just a little, the dot disappears. So you know you're torquing the bow. You know, I, I've I've really really enjoyed that because I I've struggled with form or, and for all sorts of different reasons. But so tell me a little bit about um, some of the things that you do differently when you're shooting with a red dot because you're not your your form is going to be a little bit different. Like you're going to hold your head differently. So tell me a yep. bit about that. So because we don't probably the first few steps of general archery are probably the same. But when we, when we come to our anchor, we're not like tilting our head a little bit to see through the string. So when, when we're shooting, we want our, our chin is, I don't want to say it's perfectly parallel to our shoulder, but just, you know, look at your target. Don't even think about what's happening with the string. And as you draw, the dot's just there because we've already offset this from the string just a little bit. And if you tried to look, tilt your head and look to the string, now you'd be like, I can't see the dot. And we, and we at one of our shows, we go over and we push people's heads straight again. Like, oh, there it is. So once you kind of re- develop that muscle memory, that oh, I, I don't have to tilt my head. And I always tell people, just imagine in, in your life, if you walked around with your head tilted, we, we just don't do that. We keep our head straight. And, and so that's what we want to be almost, uh, we always say it's the, as close as you're going to get to being purely instinctive as you can. And the dot just becomes in your vision. And if we're not thinking about, okay, I got front sight, back sight, then target with a red dot, we're target dot. And whether it's military people or, or law enforcement, that's why they're using red dots on, on those service weapons for the same reason. Yeah. It's, it's removed a lot of that variability for me too, you know, trying to, like you said, tilt my head in just right, get my kisser button lined up just right. You know, I, I was going to add a nose button as well, just trying to get all my anchor points on. And it's like, at this point, I'm adding so much stuff to my string. This is looking a little bit ridiculous, but, but with this thing there, there's none of that. You stay up in a very uh, natural and upright posture. And like you said, you just look at the target. It's like, you're, you're just pointing at it. You're pointing at a target to your left. If you're a right-handed shooter, pointing at a target with your left arm and looking over at that target, and then, boom! It's just it's just really really natural to to get this dialed in. So, uh, one more time, the you've got three different models of this. Is that correct? We we have three different sites. So Ultradot, they make a a few different red dots, but we have a mash dot too with you know the different dot sizes and different reticles a match dot which just has the, the four different dot sizes or there's an ultra dot that just has one single um, four MOA dot. And then we do make a, a Picatinny rail that if you have your own red dot, you don't want to buy one and it's a, and it, it's a type of red dot that kind of lends itself to, uh, to working on a bow. Some of them, the, the on off button is on the wrong side. It just doesn't work, but, but we can replace, this and and the rail sits on there and you can stick any red dot you want on it there's a couple that work better than others because the 
for a right-hander, if the on-off switch was between the riser and the and the sight, it's a little difficult to get to. So you kind of have to choose one that it's on the other side or on the top. And we want a red dot that sits very low on the rail. We don't want it sitting really high. Like you can think some red dots you put on an AR, they have a, a real high mount. Yeah. We do make a fixed mount. If you're a guy that says, I don't ever shoot for more than 25 yards, so you don't want the adjustable mount, you just want the, a fixed one. We, we make that too. Yeah. 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 Somebody just real simple wants to set it in or set it up at 25 or 26 yards and just aim high or low based on where the deer's at. You've got a fixed sight or you've got a fixed mounting system. For the most part, though, these packages that you've got are going to come with the adjustable system. Is that right? Yeah. You can choose between, you know, if you want a, a rail with an adjustable dot, you know, or, or any one of these different sites with the adjustable version. Man, this is awesome. So, I guess walk me through hunting scenarios a little bit. Like how has this, how has shooting this way helped you in hunting scenarios? And maybe what's the feedback you're getting from folks uh, from the field? I mean, like I said earlier, it's one thing to shoot in the backyard and it's a totally other thing to shoot at a, at a living, breathing, moving animal when you're coated up in camo and adrenaline is rushing through your body. Well, I think for, for most people that, get away from a, a peep and pin and go to a red dot. And I always say there's nothing better than, than there's no better hunting setup than a red dot because we always focus on the target where we don't really think about that dot and, and it's just there. So whether, you know, you're cold, you got a bunch of clothes on, you're like, oh, I must not have had my anchor just right. Um, it all just kind of comes. I, I go back to like, if you played football, you wrestled and your coach was telling you what stance you had to do. And at first you're like, that didn't feel very comfortable. But when you got in the game, you kind of went right back to that athletic stance. Your muscle memory takes over. And it's the same thing with, you know, shooting a red dot. So if, if you're cold and you're in a stand that it's not set up quite right, um, the dot is always there. You, you don't get out of that form or else you just can't see the dot. So those low light you know, situations we can dial this thing down, you know, it's your, I think you're probably getting that where most people like I can, couldn't see through my peep anymore and I couldn't see the pin, you know, we can still see it with a red dot. Yeah. Have you, have you put this on the bows or, or sold this product to a lot of guys who have struggled with target panic in the past? And has that made a difference no. in their shooting? I think I've had a few people comment on that because I, they're not, thinking about all those um, deliberate things that they have to do and, you know, who they just can't shoot because they're like, ah, I couldn't get my kisser right or I couldn't get my, my peep right. And it just, they get so worked up with all those things they just can't shoot. So I, I think definitely that helps. Um, probably the biggest thing is guys that are getting older, you know, 55, 70 years old, they need reading glasses and their pins are fuzzy this makes all that go away in the red dot. It's always, cause it looks like it's on the target. Our eyes focus on the target and it's always crystal clear. Yeah. That, that's one of the things I've really liked this. So uh, I I've mentioned before, I've struggled with target panic in the past, you know, just my pen is, is so wild. I can't get it settled in. And so as soon as it gets there, I'm, you know, yanking on the yanking on the release or whatever. Um, this is the first summer in a while that I haven't had bouts where, you know, it, it seems like some summers, the more I practice, the worse my shooting gets. And so I have to just yeah. have to put the bow down for a week or so. Um, I haven't had that this summer. 
And I think it's just because this is such a different thing than what I normally do. It kind of took that piece away. Like I, I don't feel like I've got the same issues with floating pins and that kind of stuff with the red dot. And I think it's like, because of what you just said, it looks like the dot is on the target. You know, as far as it looks like it's it looks like it's downrange instead of something real close to you that you're trying to line up. I've actually taken a little reflex reflex sight and stuck it on a rail, and then right in front of it, I actually put a laser. And and if I didn't put a different color laser than what the red that was in the little reflex, I don't know which one is which, because they both when you're looking through the reflex, it looks just like the, the laser does that's shining on that, but it's not. Yeah. Yeah. What, what kind of battery life? Like the only thing that I can think of is like a, uh, this makes me nervous in a hunting scenario would be if my battery dies, because I've done that before with a crossbow. Uh, I've done it with red, red dot sights on a Turkey gun. You get out there and you're like, Oh man, my battery is either dead or almost dead. What kind of battery life do you get out of uh, one of these sites? I think, I think there's somewhere around like 50,000 hours or something. So if you left it on one of the highest settings, I think it will last for two or three weeks. We've left them on the lowest setting between shows and they've stayed on for months. So more hunting, I turn it on as soon as I get out there. So if, if you're doing a morning hunt and you're going to sit for three or four or five hours, you're, I leave it on the whole time. Same thing if you're going to go hunt in an evening and when you're doing that, the site, it's going to last for years, you know, but let's say you hunted and it was, you're, you're heading home. It was a Saturday. You're not going to go hunting for two weeks and you left it on and you got back out there. You had forgot about it. You hadn't touched your bow in two weeks and it was dead. I always take a, it's just a 2032 battery like you'd have in a key fob. And I tape one, I wrap it in black tape, tape it on my riser. And that way I always have an extra battery. And after you kind of do it, you're hunting with it before you get out of your tree, out of your stand, you know, you're looking at, you're shutting it off, but it's really, really not an issue. Especially if you, if you put another one on your bow and I've had, I've had extras on my boats for years because they, they never go out. Usually it's that when I'm at home and we're, we're playing with so many different, you know, things shooting and then you forget about them, but. I don't think it happens to most people. Yeah. And this, I, I really like the adjustability on this site. So it's like one through 11 or something like that. But the, uh, I was out shooting actually just yesterday afternoon and it was two o'clock in the afternoon. The sun is basically straight overhead. It is bright, bright, bright. And, um, had no trouble seeing the red dot. I mean that it gets really, really bright if you want it to be. Yeah. Yeah. It'll actually get, especially, I don't think you'd get it so bright in on a sunny day, but you know, won't get starry. But if you had it too bright and it's, it's getting dusk, you know, it's, it's way bright, but you set it on that setting one with that, you know, small dot and, and it's tiny. If, if I know I'm in situations where like in Michigan, where these deer are going to come out like to a food plot and it's going to be last light, there's snow on the ground and they're going to come out you know, right before dark. Sometimes I'll leave that light on for, a week or two mm. just to drain that battery down. Yeah. Cause I, I want this thing so small, you know, and you know, but that really doesn't come into play very often, but I, I, I do like it, you know, really, really tiny. Yeah. Real tiny, real, real dim, not, not taking over too much, but so where can folks go if they want to see 
you know, more kind of hands-on stuff. Do you have shows coming up maybe this, um, this off season that you're going to be at where folks can put their hands on? Um, We won't be anywhere this, this summer anymore, but um, you know, next year will be Illinois beer classic, Iowa beer classic. You can go to adjustablered.com and check out our website. My phone number's on there. You can call me anytime. It's my cell phone. Um, If no matter what you (laughs) want to chat about, you know, I can answer any question. Look, I do have some uh, on our YouTube page. Also, I have a lot of videos, like how to set things up. Um, I think I have 15 little one-minute segment videos trying to answer. So you don't have to go watch a big, long video because you want one little question answered. And, and if there's something really specific that, that you want about your bow, I put it on enough stuff, I will video it on that particular bow FaceTime you and and show you exactly what what you need to do. If it's somebody that that you don't want to set it up, you can't take it somewhere. We do also send your bow. I'll set it up, sight it in, and send it back. All right. So what's your what's your website and uh, social media stuff so folks can can locate you? Everything's adjustablered.com dot or and then if you go on Facebook or Instagram, it's adjustable red dot. And same thing on YouTube with Jessica Red Dot. All right. Thanks, Tim. I appreciate your time. All right. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to today's show. Big thanks to Tim for coming on. Go check out the Adjustable Red Dot site at adjustablereddot.com. They also have a YouTube channel where you can see a lot of their stuff and some how-to videos on their sites. Thanks again to our partners, Tacticam, Huntworth, Deer Lab. Go show your support for the brands that support this show Remember, you can find more outdoor-themed content on thesportsmansempire.com. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast and the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network so you don't miss a single episode.